The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Birch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So how teachable are you? If someone were to come into your city, maybe a stranger, and they came to your door and they said, you know, what you've been living, what you've been teaching, it's not correct. It's wrong. Would you accept them? Would you embrace them? Or would you reject them? How are you when it comes to yielding control? Do you want control and power? Or do you actually want the truth of God in your life? We'll talk about these things on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Welcome to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch, and I'm so glad you could join me. So, uh, how controlling are you? Okay, how controlling am I? We're a little bit controlling, aren't we? Right now, if you're saying, I'm not controlling, you're probably a little controlling. How controlling are you? How much do you want to control things? You know, keep the power in your hands. Make sure the decisions are all in your hands. We're going to talk about control today and uh, our controlling natures. Again, you're saying, I'm not controlling. Stop saying our. Well, I'm just going to say our. So uh, if you don't feel like you're controlling, you might not want to listen today. Although, if you turn away and don't listen, that might be a sign you're a little controlling. Uh, We're also going to talk about this as part of being controlling or not being controlling. This issue of how would you respond to someone coming into your life and saying, you're doing it wrong. You're not living the way you're supposed to live, or what you believe is not quite correct. Would you welcome that correction? Well, of course not, because clearly what you're living is right, and how dare that person come in and say such a thing. Well, I've been thinking about this. I've been reading through the book of Acts and preaching through it in our church, and, uh, You know, one of the things you see in the spread of the gospel is that people respond rather negatively to the message that these new Christ followers are preaching. And when we hear this, we often are like, oh, that's just terrible. Why wouldn't anyone receive the message of Christ? But think about it from the perspective of the people who are receiving this new message. Often, it's Paul or Barnabas or some follower of Christ coming into a region coming into a community, coming into a synagogue, and bringing to them a new message. It might be a message that was spoken of in the Old Testament. It might be something that they should have ears to hear, but in a very real way, it is a new message. It's some outsider or some stranger or someone who, how dare you tell us how to live our lives or how dare you tell us that we're doing it wrong, which makes me think, How willing are we to really receive correction, direction, new insight, and new wisdom from outsiders? There's another aspect of this, is that whenever the gospel would advance into new regions, it also supplanted or took over what other message was already there. And whenever you come in and you take over or you change the minds of the people, 
there are people in positions of power that don't want to release their power. The gospel challenges people in positions of power. So that's the other question. Are we willing to let people challenge our position of power, or are we willing to yield or surrender our power for the sake of the advancement of the gospel? All of these are important questions, and we're, we're going to try to deal with them on today's show. If you want to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can follow me on Twitter if you want. I don't know why you'd want to. Twitter's just where, I don't know, where we just say random, meaningless things. Sometimes we say important things. Uh, my handle is at Fairly Spiritual. You can also go to our website, the Fairly Spiritual Show, or it's actually, uh, you can uh, go to, oh, there's so many ways to avoid us. There really are. Here's another way to avoid me, because uh, I know some of you are just listening to this and you're not going to do any of it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org. Yes, you can go there and you can find out about my Twitter profile and you can find out about Facebook and you can find about, out about the book I wrote and you can find past podcasts and you can find out how to subscribe to the show and you can find out how to donate. And you're not going there, are you? You just, you just made me do this and you're still not going to go there. Well, just so you know, it's still there, fairlyspiritual.org, just waiting for you, just just there saying, why, why don't they ever come and visit? Why? Why don't they listen to the plea that Doug makes at the beginning of every show? So anyway, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and find out more information. Or here's the number you won't text, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. It's okay. I, I don't text into radio shows either. I don't call. So you're just like me. You're one of me. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. I want to get right into this topic. Uh, and uh, the topic of one control are we a little too controlling? And the other one, are we willing to give up power? Do we try to control things? And are we willing to give up power? And would we listen to a stranger if they told us the truth? Or would, or would our first response be to be defensive? I'll tell you how defensive I can get. Now, you might not be like this, so you can judge me. But um, I, now, some of you have names that are very familiar. Uh, my wife's name is Jennifer. Uh, she was named Jennifer when every third uh, girl was named Jennifer. There's lots of Jennifers. So she grew up in classrooms where there was lots of Jennifers. You just learn to make your peace with the name Jennifer. Now, if you have a more unique name, you're less, you have less opportunity to make your peace with other people having that name. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes you feel a little defensive or a little competitive when someone else has your name. Now, some of you don't feel this way, so just forgive me. But uh, there weren't that many Dougs uh, in, in my classrooms. Uh, there weren't that many Dougs. But uh, so when I, I'll just be honest here, I, I was in a college class, a seminary class, and it was this small cohort of about, I think it was like nine students. We're all adults here. We're all furthering our education. And in that cohort, uh, for that specific semester, there was another Doug and I got to tell you, I did not welcome his presence. I felt defensive. I just, I didn't like the fact that there was another Doug. And I'll tell you what made it even worse is he was just a little wiser than me. He's a little smarter than me. He's a little older than me. He was uh, Doug the greater and I was Doug the lesser. He was, you know, Doug the wiser and I was Doug the foolish. You know, in the class, someone would say, you know, I really like what Doug said. And I'd, I'd wait for them to look at me and then they'd look at the other Doug. I thought about how... 
I became defensive when Doug would say something. I'm like, I don't know if that's true, because I didn't want that Doug to look too impressive in comparison to me. Yeah, that's pretty petty. None of you are like that. None of you ever feel competitive in such ways. But it's interesting. Some of us do. Some of us feel threatened by other people, or we feel defensive, or we feel like we have to compete somehow, or we feel just, oh no, if that person's special, maybe I'm not so special after all. I want to talk about this issue. Would we welcome the voice of God from a stranger, from an outsider, from someone we don't know that well? Well, Will I welcome the voice of God from another Doug? So I'm looking at this with Paul and Barnabas, their first missionary journey. They're sent out from Antioch. This is their first journey. And uh, immediately they have a confrontation with people in positions of power. And I'm going to read a bit of this scripture here, because if you read a bit of scripture, at least the scripture is true. So regardless of what I say, you can hold on to the scripture. But if you go to Acts 13, uh, verse 4, let's just look at their journey here. So it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, so that's near the coast, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, so the island of Cyprus. So this is where they do their first uh, ministry once they've left Antioch uh, for their first missionary journey. When they arrived at Salamis, and so Salamis is on the east coast of Cyprus, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John, John Mark, to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, so that's basically they went west to the other side of the island, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Now, uh, by the way, I was preaching this at church, and I kept saying, Bar-Jebus, which is completely inappropriate and wrong, but his name is actually Bar-Jesus. Now, uh, when they're at Paphos, they come to this false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Now, it says in the scripture here that he was a magician, but if you look at the Greek for the word magician there, it's the same word used for the wise men. And so I think the context here is not magician like he's pulling rabbits out of a hat or, you know, suddenly making things appear or disappear but that he is considered a wise man or a mystic. He's some sort of mystic in the community, and, and he's well-respected on the island, and in fact, he's in a position of power. So he's a magician, and his name is Bar-Jesus, which is interesting because that means son of Jesus or uh, son of Joshua, and he has this position of power on the island. He is basically the number one spiritual man who has the ear of those who are in power, in on that island because it says here he was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus. So the proconsul, the Roman proconsul, is the one who rules in that area. So basically, he's the religious wise man mystic who is counseling the the political leader in that community. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So all this stuff is going on on the island where people are hearing this new message or this different message from Paul and Barnabas, and they've basically gone through the whole island of Cyprus, and word has gotten to those who are in power, the, the political leader of that island. And who's with that political leader? Well, there's this religious leader who's in a position of power. And so this is the, the dynamic we have. The political leader wants to know more about this. He just wants to understand. But the religious leader wants to keep his power. So it says here, but uh, Elimus, and that's another name for Bar-Jesus, Elimus, the magician 
for that is the meaning of his name. So again, uh, I think it'd be better to say, because Elimus actually means wise in the Aramaic. So it's probably uh, the wise, wise man, if you could put it that way. Uh, this wise man, uh, for that's the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So now we have the dynamic. And sorry if I put a lot of context here, but it's a fascinating story, particularly in the culture we live right now. So you have the, the person who is in the political power on that island is interested in this new message that's being brought to the island. These outsiders, these strangers are bringing a message to the island. The religious leadership on that island, the man who's supposedly supposed to be the wise man, he is against this new message. And so his goal is to make sure that what Paul and Barnabas are preaching is not attractive because he wants to maintain his political power. So let's read on. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, at Bar-Jesus, and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind, unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, this is a powerful encounter, and I want you to see what Paul does here. Because Paul challenges Bar-Jesus just right at his authority. He even challenges his name. Let's just look at this. He says, you son of the devil. He uses son of the devil. Why? Bar-Jesus' name means son of Joshua. He says, you're not a son of Joshua. You're living as a son of the devil. Then he goes on and says, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy. Now, what does his name also mean in Aramaic? It means wise man. He goes, you're the opposite of wise. You're full of deceit and villainy. And then here's his whole role. His whole role is to be the mystic who explains things, who makes things clear. And Paul looks at him and says, you make crooked the straight paths of the Lord. So you're not a son of Joshua. You're a son of Satan by the way you're acting. You're not a wise man. You're a man of deceit. And you're not making things clearer for people. You're actually making things crooked. You're making the path more complicated. What is simple and clear, you are making more complicated. And then he struck blind. And, and guess who else was struck blind earlier in Acts? Well, Paul was. So uh, Paul recognizes this spirit, this spirit that stands against the wisdom of God, this spirit that stands in pride and boldness that says, my way instead of God's way. Now, we can see from the context of this that the proconsul believed, but it doesn't say that Bar-Jesus ever believed. So even after he struck blind, I don't think he repented. Because if he'd repented, I think it would have said that as well. It doesn't. So we have this power encounter, and I just think there's some things we need to look at in this that are helpful for us today. First, just the real practical one. Whenever Christians or religious leaders try to gain political power and try to maintain political power, they almost always corrupt the gospel. They almost always corrupt the word of God. 
they almost always become enemies of the advancement of the kingdom of God when we try to hold on to power. When we believe having a seat at the table of those in power is what makes us important. Here we have Bar-Jesus, this man who has the ear of the most powerful person on the island of Cyprus. And he so much wants to hold on to that power that he becomes an enemy to what God is doing. Sometimes when we are holding on to power, well, not just sometimes, I'd say always, whenever we are holding on to our power, we become enemies of the advancement of the kingdom of God. Because it's not our kingdom come, it's his kingdom come. It's not our will be done, it's his will be done. Whenever we try to maintain or control or gain earthly power, we often, or probably even always, become enemies of the advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, Barnabas and Paul, they are speaking to a person who is a leader, but they are speaking to that person for their salvation, not for political power, not for control, not so they they can have their own uh, kingdom on the island of Cyprus. That's the first thing that I see in this. The second thing I see in this is the rejection that Bar-Jesus has of Barnabas and Paul coming to his island. And uh, I'll say his island, because I bet you he thought, you know, this is my island. I have the religious authority on this island. And it makes me think of this. How much are we willing to welcome an outside voice? Like right now, this might be happening right now. You might not know me. And right now I'm challenging you with something. And is your first response to be, well, I'm going to listen. I'm going to see what God is saying. Or is your first response to push away, to react against to defend against. I think our general nature as humans is we tend to defend against anything that questions or attacks or, or at all unsettles our current state. We tend to not receive or be in a receptive place when someone comes in and says, hey, you know, maybe you're doing that wrong. Maybe you should consider another way. Maybe you don't have the full message And we particularly do not receive that from strangers, from someone from another country, someone from another region, someone from another race, someone from another gender, someone from another city. It's amazing how when someone is different from us, how we'll use that difference as a way not to receive what God is saying through them. Do you ever do that? Do you ever reject something just because it's coming from an outsider? How willing are we to open our hearts up to someone who may have the truth for us, but they might be an outsider? I think about this, like, how open am I to truly changing? How open am I to truly repenting? How open am I to truly releasing control, to just say, you know, this is not about maintaining control. This is not about maintaining power. This is not about defending myself. This is about truly hearing the voice of God. This is truly about maturing in the character of Christ. So often, our first response is to be defensive, to be guarded, to be closed. But, you know, as a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit within us, so we should be able to listen to someone. We should be able to really listen to what they have to say. And, you know, if it's not from the Lord, we can be like, nope, it's not. 
but at least we know we listened. I've often, uh, I feel this to be the case that if you can't listen to someone, if you get so angry, you got to leave the room and storm out. And that's a problem. That's a sign there's something unsettled in you. If you get so angry that you just can't listen to people, you can't listen to someone who disagrees with you, you just, you just can't do it. That's a sign that you are defensive and you're probably not very at peace with what you believe. But if you're at peace with who you are and who Christ is, then you can listen to other people. I know this to be a parenting trait. Like You're supposed to raise your kids so that their faith is strong enough that they can be in different environments and they can hear people say other things and other truths, and you don't have to worry about their faith because they have a strong faith that can stand up regardless of what comes at them. That you don't have to continually protect them their entire life, you know, isolate them and put them in this bubble where they never hear a contradictory thought or a, a different opinion or a different belief that ultimately we must have beliefs that even when a stranger comes to us and says something different, our beliefs actually hold water. And if they don't, well, they're pretty worthless beliefs, right? But are you welcome to have someone come to you and challenge your beliefs? To come to you and say, you know, your attitude isn't right, or, you know, you've been raised your whole life to see God this way, but God is not totally that way. God is more loving than you think, or, God has more grace than you think, or or God demands more of you than you think. God demands more of you. If I were to look you in the eye and just come to your house and the Lord told me to tell you this, to say, hey, God demands more of you. You're supposed to give more of your money for the kingdom of God. You're supposed to give more of your time for the kingdom of God. God is supposed to be far more important in your life than he is right now. What would your first response be? Well, so often we defend first instead of listen. The last thing I see in this passage here is he rebukes, Paul rebukes uh, this false prophet by telling him, you are making crooked straight paths. It is such a strong rebuke, and it's something I want to ask each of you. Are you complicating the simple things of God? Do you know what God has called you to do, and are you willing to do it, or are you trying to make it more complicated? I found people do this. You know, They know they're supposed to repent, but instead of repent, they come up with all the most elaborate excuses and the elaborate reasons. But if you just stop and say, you know, what does God want you to do? They know the straight path is repent, but they turn the straight path into something crooked. People know when they're in rebellion. And they can spend all their time justifying that rebellion and making that straight path crooked. Or they can just say, you know, the straight path is acknowledging that I'm in rebellion, turning to God, and making my life right. Are you making the crooked paths, or excuse me, are you making the straight paths crooked? It's a pretty simple question to ask. I know some of you, you do know what you're supposed to do. It's not going to be easy. Something you don't want to do, but it's what God has called you to do. He's called you to give up power. He's called you to give up control. He's called you to welcome his voice and other people. Even if his voice and other people contradicts what you're doing, calls you to repentance. He's calling you to welcome the stranger's voice if the stranger is speaking on behalf of God. And he's calling you to embrace the straight path and to stop making it crooked. I want you to see right now Paul and Barnabas, they're sailing on a ship to your island, your island of isolation, 
your island of control, your island of power. You can either welcome them and welcome the message, or you can resist them and fight against them. Our goal is not to maintain earthly power. Our goal is to be emanations of God's glory and beauty and will, to have his kingdom come and his will be done. Look as that ship comes your way and welcome them. Welcome Paul and Barnabas. Welcome the correction, the direction, the leading of the Holy Spirit through other people. Yield your control. Yield your power. And instead of making this more convoluted, take the straight path. You know what that path is. Repent when you need to repent. Forgive when you need to forgive. Do what God has called you to do. And have a very, very Merry Christmas. Hey, love you guys. Uh, if you want to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. You can support this show at fairlyspiritual.org. Uh, you can also find other resources there. Uh, my book uh, you can pick up as well. Podcast, tweets, Facebook, so many things. Most importantly, make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. He's not through with you or me. I'm so glad you could listen to today's show. I will see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.